The world around us is changing faster than ever before. before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome, Welcome. to Data Welcome. Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be, bold, be brave, be and be brave. fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Data Gurus. This is Seema Vasa, your host. Today, I have a special treat in that I am bringing to you parts of a live discussion that took place at SampleCon earlier this year. It's with myself and other industry leaders. And we talk about a range of topics from leadership, talent management, company culture, respondent experience, and so much more. It is definitely lots of strong opinions and hopefully you will get an idea of what SampleCon is like if you did not make it. And for people who did make it and heard this, it might be a refreshing perspective to listen to it somewhere other than the conference. Hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. Steve, who do you worry about as it relates to a category of companies or a, yeah, I would just say category of companies or a specific company in itself? When you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, crud, I can't believe I got to deal with this this category of company? What keeps you up at night? What keeps you up at night? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think about it, people are on the stage mm-hmm. with me. So, you know, Zappy, you know, hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. Susie has been around less. Mm-hmm. You know, Armin's been at this game not for that long mm-hmm. a time. So you think about these are three companies that have had significant growth and are very successful in a very short period of time. I've been doing this for 30-some years, and the business has been around for longer. Yeah. So if you think about it, what worries me is what I don't see. Yeah. You know, I didn't see these guys 10 years ago, and now they're here on the stage, and they represent a large amount of revenue. So who's going to be on the stage in three years from now or five years from now? And by the way, like you can make an argument that the path from startup to really great success is a lot faster Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So what might have taken five years or 10 years to develop could be happening now in a much shorter yeah. period of yeah. time. So, you know, it's like, you know, where are my blind spots? Mm-hmm. What am I not seeing? What don't you know? What don't, you know? What don't I know? Yeah. And by the way, it's going to be outside of this room. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this room is great. This is really informative. But, like, people that are going to come in and, you know, cut out my legs are probably sitting somewhere else. And that's that's pretty. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're boxing. What do we think about it? That's why you're boxing. Rannos. <laughs> exactly. How about you guys? What do you guys worry about? TikTok, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, people will take time and attention from respondents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think similarly, we believe that and we look at the number one bottleneck for our growth is the, the, the user, the member. Mm-hmm. Right? So we think about how things that are happening in their life change uh, that affect their attention span. Mm-hmm. Right? We measure it. We, we look at, similarly, we think about, you know, how are we able to create better value for them every single day? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's being able to kind of sit in the, across the entire kind of vertical chain. Uh, we always gravitate 
to the member experience yeah. because that's what drives growth. So Mike probably zoomed in a little bit more. I'm worried about who wins the data war inside of big businesses. So you know, overnight now, 67% of most companies' media spend is done programmatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most consumer insights departments are still analog. And they're disconnected from a lot of whatever buzzword you want to use, experience management, performance optimization, what have you. And then concurrently, there's all these new solutions. And so you're asking an insights manager who's overworked, under-resourced, to figure out how to use technology to do their job and then be super strategic. Yeah. And that's, those things are at odds. Like, they're not supported. So McKinsey comes in and says to insert major company here's name digitally transform. And then some insights manager's like, oh, I got to go buy Susie. Yeah. I don't know how to use it. And luckily, Katie will help me. And oh, shit, now I got to go meet with the CMO. And so there's, yeah. while that's happening, there's no support. But the conversation we were having about sample and data is the biggest thing for me. If we can connect what people do with what they say, we only need to ask them two questions. Mm-hmm. But we're not thinking about that really mm-hmm. as an industry, and that, that troubles me. So I worry about what does an insights department look like in mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many businesses in the last six months have down-leveled all their VPs? Mm-hmm. There's a few famous ones that happened in New York City, and a lot of people who you know, were lo- long and senior in their career are now like, oh, crap, what do I do? A question on that, like, who's driving that decision in your mind, like in terms of that transformational change or even just the idea of doing it differently? Well, I think a lot of CEOs are, if you read a lot of earnings reports, they're saying consumer intimacy and they're expecting somebody to help. I mean, I've interestingly seen, like, I think what Steph Gantz at Pepsi's done, I mean, he's not an insights guy. He's yeah. a marketing guy. They brought him in to blow up the whole department mm-hmm. and he's digitally transformed him. But what has he done? He's built a tech enablement team and then a super team of insights professionals that are actually thinking. But it seems like it's mostly CMO, chief growth officer level. But a lot of VPs of insights were insights managers that got promoted a bunch of times and haven't been invested in in terms of skill development. And they're at a loss, right? The people who are going through retailers and third-party distribution versus direct-to-consumer brands, right? So the the need to transform and to get close, move faster, I think that's the impetus to a lot of change within these traditional insights. Well, let's be real. When Zaxxis blew up and everything started being programmatic, we were trying to decide if we were going to use software to do our jobs. I would never talk. That was 2015 in this industry, and so we lost a lot of space. Yeah. And Martin, to your point, I think this company like PepsiCo, who have done an amazing job of starting from the top down and enabling everybody. As mm-hmm. Stefan Gans has always said, um, you know, I am here to create global might for the local fight to help those people. There are other companies where, this, where we face it every day, but C-level, the SAP level are buying a tool like ours and handing it over to that insights manager who has what? never written a survey, yeah. never programmed a survey, and we hear every day, I didn't get to where I am in my career to have to now program my own studies, yes. analyze my own data. I'm used to just sending it off to a partner. And so it's a challenge, I think, for us also. But, and you deal with this, I've seen it on LinkedIn. The MSA process, we have one financial services client that they said yes nearly two years ago. Yes, and we are in legal MSA yeah. hell. How much has that cost you guys? I mean, I'm just kind of sad, exactly. Yeah. Um, but how much does it cost them an opportunity loss? Because Absolutely. if they're not getting their data back for eight weeks because they haven't been able to adapt. You know, you, you both mentioned, you know, insights departments mm-hmm. and the fact that they're under-resourced or, you know, sort of not thought of the same way. But how about not insights departments? What do you think about sort of the other groups mm-hmm. who are buying or, you know, who you're pointed at in terms of the future? Armin, I mean... No, yeah, I was just going to comment. I remember sitting at a conference again. I was 
three years ago, and there were five or six. I think Meryl was the moderator. Mm -hmm. Might have been there or not. <laughs> uh, in Utah, and uh, the question was: there were again five heads of insight of different brands, and the question was: whose budgets are increasing? And no hands went up. Mm -hmm. Right. And the question was: whose budgets are decreasing? And half the hands were half the hands went up. Mm -hmm. And the other half, their budgets were sustainable. And that was during a great bull market. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So to your point, Ryan, I think. The hardest thing is selling to the insights teams. I think over time, right, because it's very hard to prove ROI from that spend. And it's just, I don't think those budgets are going to change or the buying capability will change. Yeah. You quickly realize you're not selling software, you're selling change management. You're yeah. selling change management. Yeah. So, like, I've seen significant growth from fintech because there is no legacy. There is no, we've always done yeah. it this way. And they're growing so quickly and they're so well-funded. And it's like... Oh my gosh, you can help me make my ads better? This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Like, so it's, but the, to Steve's question, it isn't an insights person, it's a head of product marketing, right. a chief right. marketing officer. We have a, a customer, SoFi, and the CMO and the head of brand were our customer. And she called me like two weeks ago. And she's like, all right, I need to hire a head of insights. Do you know anybody? But that, I mean, they went public. They're a billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. that's a pretty big trajectory to go on to then be like, all right, now we need to bring in somebody. But one of the things that's interesting about like FinTech as an example compared to, let's say, more traditional CPG is that, you know, the number of buyers that are within those groups are multiples mm -hmm. of the number of buyers who are in traditional insights departments. I mean, you know, you'll see, you know, 50 different faces versus the 10 same people that you've worked with all the time at McDonald's as an example. Yeah. So, and they're a lot more decentralized, like, so even a business like Facebook, I mean, everybody's embedded into product teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so there is no, like, mobile capability, whatever, every company uses their own vernacular center of excellence or whatever mm -hmm. the thing might be. Uh, I mean, it's a growth challenge. It's a nightmare for sales teams. But I actually love that because they're embedding the talent into teams yeah. close to the problems. And I think that's a great deployment of consumer. Insight. I think it's easier for sales teams, to be honest. Mm -hmm. We account map on accounts. Just a good point. We account map. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can sell 12 licenses here instead of one huge license. I don't have to talk to one decision maker. So what do you think about TAM? Because it's the same conversation. Yeah. You know, what do you, like, what's your sense of the market that we live in and how big it is? I mean, you kind of redefined it. I view TAM very differently. I never talk about 40 billion. I view... You just said we're for creators, right? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? So I believe creators are underserved. Okay. Operations people, finance people, media people get tons of data at their fingertips. It's a broad... People, I think creators are the future of the world. They're, they need data to help them make better decisions mm -hmm. to inspire. And so we're anchoring our business at creators. It doesn't have to be TikTok people. I mean, I view insights people as creators because yeah. they're part of the process. Yeah. But the TAM I see is these big behemoth incumbents, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody in the room, they're shrinking and all the small technology yeah. businesses are starting to, it's like this inverse. And so the, the TAM is becoming yeah. digital quickly. Can't say <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I view the TAM sort of differently than just one big bucket because I think what used to be business is doing, let's just pick on somebody, late stage basis testing right. is now a bunch of iterative learning loops that yeah. they go through. And so that the digital market is becoming a lot bigger, mm -hmm. I think. So you, I don't know what percentage you threw out, but I would be shocked if in five years the Susie's and Zappies and Talunas of the world are a much bigger percentage mm -hmm. of the share. It is. And I think if you, even if you track S somewhere, I think you look at the rate of growth of tech enabled. Mm -hmm. It's huge. It's, it's the fastest. 50% of projects yeah. last year, according to yeah. SMR. Yeah. That's right. yeah, it was interesting because in Q1 of this year, we had a significant amount of RFIs. We didn't have that. I mean, obviously, our brand has grown, but we didn't have that this time last year. And it's huge companies. Now, some of what they're asking for 
is a full-service market research agency. Yeah, for sure. Right. We've had to kind of write not applicable. <laughs> applicable. Yeah. And for some, they they did the RFI process and went back to the incumbents. And they need to for another year because, to Ryan's point, I'm not selling technology, I'm selling to change management. And that's real. They're not ready for it, but at least they're now understanding. So the next year, as this comes around again. I think what we're saying is you think about the global kind of these global shifts, which is world is becoming a lot more data-driven, mm-hmm. that regardless of where you sit, whatever team, whatever department, you are expected to make decisions off of real data, right? Mm-hmm. That is a huge tailwind for, for this category. And secondly, I think the world is becoming a lot more customer-obsessed, right? Yes, Every yeah. brand and organization yeah. wants to build the best experience. Hence, how do you then enable your entire team, your, you know, every single department to let the customer in the center of every decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are great things, mm-hmm. and that's why that shift is happening with, with tech-enabled. With, that's why Susie's winning. That's why Zappi's winning, because the whole world has moved that way. What's the number? Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. What's the number? <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and just throw a number out there. $25 billion is what I'm attacking. $25 billion is what you're attacking. What I'm attacking, personally. Right. What's the I'm focused, though. I'm not trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. We test okay. ads and new products right. in shopper marketing. We do those three things. We do nothing else. And how about verticals? Verticals, QSR, telco, CPG, and tech, nothing else. Okay. Got it. I, what do you that's the thing that isn't, you know, it took us a while to be like, where is product market fit? Now let's sure. go focus on it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of businesses try to be. Yeah, we think of it at 60 billion plus. We think of 60 billion plus, and I think for the most part that represents enterprise mm-hmm. uh, budgets. I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth because, again, who has customer data on their fingertips, very few people in the company. Yeah. There's all that shift, right? All that potential for, I think, uh, for our category to go after. We call it 50 billion, so I wonder where you get that to 10 from. <laughs> well, so if that's a question, then I'll say if you think of various different reports, again, we triangulate this based on like mm-hmm. public information, right? So I think uh, mm-hmm. Synth did a phenomenal job in their you know, uh, mm-hmm. filing. Altrix has kind of done a great job in their filing, so I think you look at SMR and kind of combine those things. Most of those are actually bigger than 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They've expanded the market, mm-hmm. I think, customer experience. Right. And- There's something you said that it really resonates with me about people getting their hands on the data. It's one of the reasons why the future of insights departments keeps me awake at night. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to enable business? Yeah. This is why I'm obsessed with creators. Yeah. Are we going to enable the creator to get the data they need in stride? Or are we going to say, no, we're the only ones who can do yeah, regression yeah. models. Sorry. Yeah. You're just not smart enough. Yeah. And I think if we do that, somebody else is going to eat everybody's lunch in this room. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I look at it completely differently. I say, you know, data is everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can't even see where it is and where we actually could be working. You know, I put the TAM at probably 160 to 200 billion mm-hmm. because I think it's 80, you know, documented and it's probably 2x that, if not 3x that. And the reason why is that we think about... And you're looking at qual and quant. Qual and quant. I'm looking at, you know, how people use information. I'm thinking about all the mid-sized companies that don't even get serviced yeah. all that well but need information desperately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the billion, $2 billion you referenced it before, and you could even take that down to the $500 million enterprise. And, you know, and I also think that data is in different places now than it was a decade or two ago. Mm-hmm. They're already getting tastes of it. Yes. And when you get that taste, you want more of it because you realize you can action off it so much better. Yep. 
I just think it's, a, you know, how do we get out there to actually make that happen and provide it to them? And the tools are getting better. Yeah. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, these tools aren't dumb anymore. They used to be, like, I was at the IEX a few weeks ago. There's a lot of great innovation. I don't think we have a technology problem in this mm-hmm. industry at right. all. Yeah. People process problem, big time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually am with Steve. I think it's about $100 billion, maybe by 2025. Both quant and qual, I think a lot of it's going to be more tech-enabled. Like, right now, we're at, like, 53% is tech-enabled. So I think that will only continue to grow. I actually think that might be conservative if we really factor in all these different aspects of data collection and insights. Teams are in flux, but you still have to get your research in field. Partnership with Paradigm Sample means you get our expert focus on every detail of your project. We have access to over 1 million consumers and many business professionals who are eager to voice their opinions and participate in traditional and non-traditional online studies, whether it comes to sampling, programming and hosting services or consultation. We are agile and quick to meet your needs. Visit ParadigmSample.com today. Thank you for tuning in to Data Guru's podcast. This episode has ended but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.dataguruspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.dataguruspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.